today on the Tearsheet Podcast. People love Amazon. And uh, when you ask them why they do, they say it's it's fast, it's really easy, it's super convenient. But what you don't really say about Amazon, but what sort of is blind or underneath the entire infrastructure is that Amazon knows who you are. They have mm-hmm. all your info stored. They have your order history. Uh, they have your payment information. So it makes it really easy. But you're not going to say, oh, I love Amazon because I'm already logged in and they have my payment information. Um, but our goal really is to see how we can make it as easy as possible to interact with all other businesses online as it is to buy things on something like Amazon. Um, so it's it's a it's a mix of an identity and a payment problem that we're doing at the same time. Welcome to the Tearsheet Podcast. I'm Tearsheet Editor-in-Chief, Zach Miller. Retail is enjoying a fintech renaissance of sorts. From BNPL and other new forms of payment to a maturation of the e-commerce checkout experience. Fast is building one-click checkout on merchant sites across the internet. Much like Uber made payments invisible, Fast is doing something similar for shopper identities. Creating accounts on seller sites has always been an impediment to payment flow. Fast takes away that friction with an elegant solution that shares user information with merchants and also integrates to include SKU-level data. Allison Bar-Allen is co-founder and COO of Fast. She joined Fast from Uber, where she was head of global product operations for the money team. As my guest on the podcast, Allison describes some of the challenges inherent in e-commerce payments. We chat about the opportunity to go both global in scale, as well as niche down into specific industry solutions. Allison Bar-Allen is my guest today on the Tearsheet Podcast. My name is Allison Bar-Allen. I am the co-founder and COO of Fast. Uh, Fast is building one-click checkout uh, to scale across the internet and make it easier for people to buy things and pay for things and to make it easier for businesses to accept money, among other products that we're thinking about and working on. Before Fast, uh, which I joined almost two years ago, I was at Uber for five years where I focused on payments and financial services, um, specifically focusing on driver payments where we paid out drivers in 90 plus countries around the world. Um, And I scaled and launched payments products there. Um, I got really interested in payments at Uber because I was worked a lot with drivers and saw firsthand uh, how much the speed of payment and them understanding their payment impacted their livelihood um, and their relationship with the platform. So I started at Uber in Chicago in an operations role um, and then moved to San Francisco after about a year to join our driver payments team where I launched our first instant payment product where we went from paying drivers once a week to 24-7 on-demand payments. And and how um, informative, I guess, was uh, the Uber experience into into what you guys are doing at Fast? It was, I think, very important. Uh, Mm -hmm. One, working at Uber really was my first opportunity to work in tech. So before Uber, I worked at PwC in consulting. Uh, I... In college, I was a pre-med major and thought I was going to go to medical school. And then, Same. <laughs> you yeah. know, like, like most kids in America who take many, many years of science classes. Um, so I was doing, I ended up doing consulting and was doing, working for health insurance companies because I was, the goal originally was to do some healthcare consulting and then go to medical school. But I found that I didn't really miss studying that much and didn't really um, enjoy having a break after those like really, really intense years of being heads down in academics. Mm-hmm. Um and my brother actually was two years younger and he was a history major, but he taught himself front-end development and started working in startups after school. So I was traveling to Connecticut every week, 
wearing business casual clothes and working this really intense job at a big health insurance company. And my brother was in Boston at these like really small startups that seemed super fun. So I decided that I wanted to work at startups, um, but it was pretty hard to get a job in startups at the time. If you, I wasn't really technical. I had more of a strategy and project management background um, and consulting experience. So there weren't tons of jobs, especially in the Chicago startup market that that perfectly aligned with what I had done. But um, Uber was hiring a lot of sort of general operational people to scale the city team. So that's how I ended up connecting with Uber. Um, And it was really incredible for my experience and just my growth and development because in Chicago, I, it was all marketing and operations people and, and some other functions, but I really learned uh, sort of on the ground operations of building fast growing companies there. And then when I moved to San Francisco about a year later, I was embedded within product teams. And that's where, even though I wasn't from a technical background, um, I was able to learn how the entire product development process works um, from OKR planning and how you set the product Mm -hmm. priorities at the very beginning, all the way through launching products. And that's experience that would be really hard to get um, at a different company if you're not a technical person or you're not doing marketing or design or something else. Um, but I was able to sort of see that entire end to end flow. Um, and I also was working on very similar products to what we're building now in that, uh, <clears throat> while Uber is a rideshare company, uh, we process a lot, we processed a lot of payments. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think embedded finance is more of a known thing now, but, uh, a lot of these companies have really large payments orgs and essentially there's a really large payments company within Uber because we built a lot of our own payment technology because we, we needed it to grow the business and solve business problems. Um, cause Uber scaled to globally very, very quickly. And a lot of times our one of the barriers to growth, especially in emerging markets, um, was ha- how you can accept the payment. <laughs> and uh, I learned all about cash payments in, in different countries and all sorts of different forms of alternative payment methods, but it really becomes so important to the growth and core of the business. Um, so there, I, I also learned what it like payments at scale means, because we were mm-hmm. just, it was, the, the scale was really enormous. So uh, between that, I think, it was very informative and really helpful as we're building fast in that uh, we're building to payments products. And then we're also building for scale. Mm-hmm. Well, so, so let's talk about, um, I guess the core problem that fast addresses. Sure. Um, the main problem that fast is addressing is that it's still relatively difficult to buy things online. Um, and essentially we're solving an identity problem. So, Right now, you have a one-to-one relationship with almost every business that you interact with online. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it's a small business or a large business, you have to create an account and do all of these things. And a lot of that is in the name of paying for something. So they need you to create an account so that they have your information stored so that you can buy something. Um, what Fast is doing is really scaling a product like Amazon's one-click checkout to the rest of the internet. Um, people love Amazon. And uh, when you ask them why they do, they say it's it's fast, it's really easy, it's super convenient, but what you don't really say about Amazon, but what sort of is blind or underneath the entire infrastructure is that Amazon knows who you are. They have Mm -hmm. all your info stored, they have your order history, uh, they have your payment information, so it makes it really easy. But you're not gonna say, oh, I love Amazon because I'm already logged in and they have my payment information. Um, But our goal really is to see how we can make it as easy as possible to interact with 
all other businesses online as it is to buy things on something like Amazon. Um, so it's it's a it's a mix of an identity and a payment problem that we're doing at the same time. But um, the data is also really fascinating because when I was at Uber, I had done <clears throat> a bit of research on the fintech market and um, saw well one I built faster payment products. So I saw what it means to pay people faster um, in that context and the upside that it can provide to businesses and, and the value. So it seems really simple. You you click a button and get paid, but um, it can have a sort of extraordinary uh, business value and ROI for the people that are receiving those products. And it becomes very, very magical. Um, so I was sort of always interested in, in thinking about how we can make payments better and faster. Um, and then <clears throat> with fast, we're, yeah, as I said, we're solving an identity problem where you have to create an account with, with every uh, business online. And there's more and more e-commerce businesses being built every single day. And sort of this speed is extraordinary at how quickly e-commerce is growing, but we really still haven't solved this identity problem. So every time there's a new store online, you have to create a new account. So there's also a ton of drop-off uh, from when you see people adding to cart to actually mm -hmm. purchasing something. Um, so our goal really is to remove as many of those steps as possible. And to do that, we're putting uh, checkout on product pages, um, which leads to a significant increase in conversion, um, among other things, by supporting post-purchase experience and, and other parts of the e-commerce stack. Well, one of the things I thought, I mean, it's almost like, I, I like your description about like bringing the Amazon one-click experience to the rest of the internet. It's almost like a distributed checkout experience, but you are creating a fast, a profile on fast, right? And and yeah. that you're sharing that, or is that tokenized in, in terms of interaction with the sites that use you for checkout? Like, uh, what do you share with the merchants, I guess, that, that use fast? Yeah, we share with the merchants the info required to complete the order. So they'll get mm -hmm. the email address and the name and the they'll get everything except the credit card number. Mm -hmm. and, and what what amazed me as I when I first learned of you guys was just like what an elegant solution that was. And it, and it was one of those ideas and there are not too many of them. I was like, well how come that didn't happen before? Like it's it seems like a simple idea, but but obviously at scale hard to execute. Like what what happened? Like why did Fast launch, you know, now and not, you know, 15 years ago? Yeah, I think there's a few things that we're doing differently. Uh, there are a lot of different payment methods online. There's wallets and PayPal, obviously, is an incredible company uh, that has a huge network. But one way that we're different is that we're not just a payment method, but we're also combining the identity part and uh, order management. So when you use Fast, you don't even think about logging in or creating an account. And But we're still doing identity on the back end. So we're basically making identity so seamless that you don't even have to think about it, which is which is pretty magical. Um, and then on the order management side, how we're different than other payment methods is we are integrated with order management systems. So we are pulling in SKU level data about what people order, uh, which really no other payment method has. Um, the e-commerce platforms do generally if, if they're large, but um, no other payment method knows what you actually ordered, which can become really helpful for us and for the consumers over time um, because we're, we're, it can create a more personalized shopping experience um, that can sort of help you across the internet. Um, can you give an example how that would be helpful? Yeah. So let's say you bought a pair of shoes on one site um, and uh, let's see. Yeah. Let's say you're, you're ordering, we're on big green egg. It's like a, a grill store or something. Um, and then 
we're going to eventually support things like product recommendations or upsells on the same checkout screen. So we could recommend other things for you. Um, oh, I see. Yeah. So, so like, personalized recommendations. As yeah, a we buyer can have personalized recommendations. Or if you, uh -huh. if you buy something in a certain pant size, if you go to another store, we could pre-fill things for you. Um, mm. And we're, we're also going to know what you actually purchased. So let's say you bought a vacuum online. Um, today, you'll likely see ads on Google and Facebook for the next week about different types of vacuums. And that's because you search for a vacuum, but they may not necessarily know that you actually bought the vacuum. So if you bought a vacuum, you're probably not going to need another vacuum. So uh, it can create a, a much more personalized shopping experience as that data expands. And the way it also, uh, we want to do it in a way that's helpful to the customer. I think right now there's a lot of mistrust with different platforms and how they use data or how they get your data. Um, and I think there's a lot of interesting ways you can do it where it's really consumer driven and consumer led where um, consumers are actually helping drive the experience to get better recommendations for themselves. Do you embed other or do you have plans to embed other types of financial services in the checkout process? I'm, I'm thinking specifically of like buy now, pay later services. Yeah, it's, it's definitely something we're thinking a lot about. A lot of our team has extensive experience in, in building these types of payment products. And uh, the checkout form can become a, a distribution channel for other types of payment products. So, um, yeah, we're definitely excited about buy now, pay later. And what about the challenges? I mean, obviously, you, 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 I, it sounds like you like big challenges. Obviously, Uber was a, a rocket ship when you joined and, and Fast as well. Um, what are some of the internationalization challenges that, that Fast faces? You, you mentioned like, you know, different countries have different preferred payments. Um, like, how, 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 do you, how do you think about um, going local, I guess? Yeah, great question. I think going global has been something on our radar from the beginning. I think to build a really big company is something that that eventually comes up. And if you start too late, it just takes a lot longer. Um, Don, my co-founder, is, is from Australia. So he's obviously think, thought about globalization from the beginning. Um, and I think it's, it's just a really exciting opportunity. And another thing that was really beneficial for my time at Uber is just the ability to learn about different countries. Um, and their business models. Uh, Uber was really large in Latin America, for example, and I think not a lot of US companies really tackle these markets super early on. Um, there are challenges. I think e-commerce is, while e-commerce is in some metrics, it's still relatively early in the US. If you look at other countries, it's even way further behind, specifically in, in LATAM. Um, this year we're focusing on English speaking countries. So Australia, um, Canada, and the UK. Um, I think Europe also has, I mean, there's language challenges when you expand globally, there's payment method challenges, there's GDPR and uh, different financial regulations in different places. So it's also, you have to be aware of and, and plan ahead in advance, but um, it's really about also following uh, demand for the product and, and where we see the biggest opportunities. But just what's ex so exciting for me about payments is <laughs> there's huge problems wherever you look. Mm -hmm. So you so say you never get it's bored. It's an industry full of problems. Exactly. <laughs> there's never, there's never Friction. a lot of things that you um, experience uh, even in your daily life in the U S that, that you can't help thinking about the payment problem associated with it. And Allison, how do you, how do you think about, I mean, one of the things we cover is like sort of the growing, um, we call it like niching down of payments, uh, you know, finding specific, uh, industry problems um, and and creating solutions that are specific to industries. How do you guys think about um, 
you know, obviously you span a lot of different merchants, you know, and, and the idea is to go global. What about like taking industry approaches? How, how do you think about that? Yeah, I think it will, product planning is obviously very complicated and you sort of have to think very thoughtfully about, about what types of products and solutions you're building. Um, one thing we're very focused on right now is, is headless checkout, which is something that other payment providers can't really offer because of the order management and SKU level data thing I said before, but we're um, building ways for stores to be able to put their checkout button on all sorts of different assets on the internet, just with a little bit of CSS code. Um, so things like that will be expanding markets. I think it's all about listening to your customers and, and tackling the biggest problems that, that people have. And I think in our case, there'll be a lot of really large payment problems, both on the consumer side and um, the business side. And for me, solving business problems is all about figuring out what the, the actual problem is and then identifying the best technology to help solve it as opposed to the other way around, um, where some people try to build the technology first and, and then identify the problem. Mm -hmm. um, a few examples we've done so far on the business side are uh, we offered chargeback guarantees, fraud chargeback guarantees for for sellers that we built, um, we have a, a version of an instant payment product for businesses. Um, and yeah, we we'll, we continue to listen to, to both sides about the biggest problems that we can tackle. And what are your your biggest priorities, I guess, looking you know into the second half of, of 2021 and now into next year? Um, what are your biggest um, priorities, opportunities you see at hand right now? Yeah, so we launched our product on September 2nd last year. So the, the core checkout product has been live for less than a year. Um, so we're very much in the, the growth phase of that. Uh, this year, we've been focused a lot on uh, thinking about larger sellers um, because the core product is working really, really well. So um, expanding out market and thinking about how we can uh, make this product available on custom platforms and um, API or um sort of like more traditional e-commerce stacks as opposed to just the um, e-commerce platforms today. So for the rest of the year, we're very focused on on integrations and um, adding the button to as, as many sites as possible. Um, with that, these are large products and engineering efforts to do these types of integrations. So um, we've been very focused on, on building the team uh, to execute on this and, and get the button live. Another thing we think a lot about is sort of our external branding and marketing. Um, we invest quite a bit in uh, brand awareness and we've done a lot of interesting things in sports and uh, other consumer branding stuff. So it's something we'll continue to think about and invest in. Great talking to you today, Alison. Thanks for joining us on the Tearsheet Podcast. Thanks so much for having me. <laughs>